Montrospective and Thrive Once More are proud to present Self-Tember, a month that's all about self-care awareness and you. Each Tuesday, Montrospective is handing over the mic to some very special guest hosts who have advice, tips, and inspiration to share regarding your self-care. Follow at Montrospective on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and make sure to visit Montrospective.com for feature blogs and self-care resources. Self-Tember is your time to make a positive shift in your self-care. Enjoy. Dr. Ann Morgan of Thrive Once More is dedicated to guiding you towards a life of wellness based on holistic healing for the entire body. It's a multidimensional path to wellness, focusing on your whole self so that your health journey can be as successful as possible. Dr. Ann Morgan's methods are simple and effective, bridging the gap between hormones and wellness counseling. Find out more by visiting thriveoncemore.com. Montrospective's next takeover host, Morgan Rogers, has a master's in health education and has worked in the healthcare industry for the past seven years, coaching, teaching, and developing wellness programs. Here are just a few of her qualifications. She is a master certified health education specialist, a certified personal trainer, nutrition specialist, and animal flow trainer. Joining her is Alex Avellino, who works at UF's College of Veterinary Medicine as an academic advisor an adjunct lecturer for the College of Journalism and Communications. She has a master's degree in mass communications and hosts a podcast for pre-vet students. They both have a lot of great information about practical self-care to share with us, and I'm excited to welcome them. Morgan and Alex, Montrospective is yours. Good morning, Al. How are we today? <clears throat> Morgan, it's a good day today. How are you doing? It's a good day today. Yeah, it's a good day. So what are we talking about? I'm really pumped. Practical wellness. Um, when Heather and Lindsay first mentioned this topic, I heard practical wellness and I immediately thought practical magic. I have to be honest. I've never seen that movie. I wasn't allowed to watch it as a kid. Is it that good? Do I need to watch it? I mean, I'm a Halloween fanatic. Yes, like, you are. To be a witch and involved in a coven would be like Adrian for me so it sounds so dark okay yes so practical we're going to use practical magic to get better at practical wellness I hear you say okay yeah 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 so um I think this is such an important topic for people because we can hear all of the wellness in the world but if we can't figure out how to make it fit into our lives it doesn't matter that's what I like about you Morgan is you consistently say whatever works for that person so if I ever call you and I say, hey, I want to get better at this, you're not going to like prescribe something to me. You're going to get me to say what works best with my schedule, my lifestyle, my preferences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And wellness is such a, like a trendy thing right now. You know, um, we hear about all of these, you know, crazy things people are doing in the name of wellness. So I think it's more important than ever to really kind of take a step back and, and say like, okay what, what makes sense for me? What fits for me? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think too, in terms of like the first thing I, I think I really want to talk about is, um, from a practical wellness, practical self-care standpoint, um, we have to make sure we are managing our time and energy, uh, so that we have time to take care of ourselves, time and energy to take care of ourselves, which I think 
people think about the time aspect a lot, you know, like, oh, I don't have time for that. Like that won't fit in my schedule, but I don't think people talk about the energy aspect enough, you know? Um, yes. Yeah. Like you go to work and you're there for the best hours of your day. If you're a morning person, you know, and then if you don't do anything to manage your energy throughout that work day, by the time you get off, you're done. Right. Exhausted, you know? So when you think about um, making healthy behaviors or choosing to work out or sit on the couch or choosing to cook a meal at home or pick something up or choosing to, I remember there were times when we had just gotten Jones, our dog, and I would get home from work, take him out, and he would be like, oh my God, mom, you're home, let's play, let's go. And I'm like, what? Like, I'm not in the mood for this right now. You know, yeah. like, I didn't have the energy to spend with him, which is so upsetting. So if we're not managing our energy throughout the day, by the time we get off, there's none left to devote to healthy habits, healthy behaviors, taking care of ourselves, but also the people and things, pets, hobbies that we love the most that fill us up, that give us that energy back, you know? So I know you are a a pro passionate about energy management. What is your take on energy management? I mean, what I hear you saying and what my take would be is we'll have time for the things we love if we manage our energy. So they go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. So I, the first thing that comes to my mind is do a self-evaluation of what's sucking your energy. Mm-hmm. And I would say some big ones for folks and for myself, obviously sleep, right? Are we getting that good, consistent sleep? I would also say what's toxic in our life that's sucking our energy. So is there a habit that we're engaging in that's sucking the energy? Is there a relationship that we're in that's sucking our energy? Are we in a non-fulfilling job? So I would challenge folks to do, and I, I do every day, every week, every month, evaluate what's taking up that energy and then seeing if I can make a change. Okay. What do you think takes up your energy? What are your energy sucks? I would say that right now, thank God, things are going really well energy wise. (laughs) So the pandemic has really allowed me to reevaluate lifestyle choices. What do I want out of life? What really makes me happy? Uh, The one thing that's sucking my energy and I made a shift last night is sleep. So I get enough hours, but it's not healthy sleep. So I got the Fitbit premium trial for 90 days starting today. And I'm going to try to make some adjustments so that I do wake up feeling refreshed because I don't often wake up feeling refreshed. Okay. You know what I think is another big energy suck for people? Yeah. Is sort of the expectations that they put on themselves. God, yes. Yes. To be someone else or be like someone else or do something that doesn't fit for them. Oh my God. Is of your life. I think we all have, right? Where we are trying to be something or someone that we aren't. And that acting all day is. Oh, it's awful. It's so exhausting. I will say I have done that my entire life. And I am just now in my mid thirties, getting it together and saying, it's not worth it to try to be like somebody else. So I'll give you an example, going on a trip in November uh, to the Grand Canyon. And then trying to buy stuff for the trip yesterday. 
And I kept thinking about what would so-and-so buy because they're a hiker or who looks cute in this outfit. And it was so draining and to try to be them instead of saying, what do I want? I'm a practical, we're talking about practical wellness. I'm a practical gal. I don't need the $300 sweater, can't afford it. But it was emotionally draining trying to say, I need to wear it. So I agree with you, huge drain trying to live up to the image or keep up with the Joneses, that is a huge drain of energy mm-hmm. and makes yeah. it hard to make decisions. Yeah. And makes it hard to take care of ourselves ultimately when we're not being true to ourselves. Yeah. Which and then end up matter. feeling bad. Yeah. Which is an energy suck in and of itself. <laughs> um, so you hit on something else too. I think this is such an interesting time for us to talk about wellness because I think people have really had whatever your experience has been in the last six months, I think we've all experienced things that we perhaps never thought we would, right? Never, never. The opportunity to really step back and say, what is important to me? What matters most? It's given us the opportunity to really slow down and reflect on that. And I, I know for me personally, like, you know, part of the pandemic, it, it was terrifying. There were so many elements that were terrifying, but one of the things that really terrified me most towards sort of the end, which is for me when I went back to work, is this idea of like, am I going to be able to keep this up? You know, like I've had this slower lifestyle during a lot of that shelter in place time that was so nice and so rejuvenating and refreshing for my energy levels and my mental and emotional health. It was terrifying for me to think, how do I keep this going? Is this all gonna go away when I go back to work? And I think that back to work is a big thing for people because again, that is a big energy drain for us if we're not managing our energy. So let's talk about like practical ways we manage our energy at work. So there's a book, The Way We're Working Isn't Working by David Schwartz. And he got me really thinking about energy management um, separate from our time management. So our energy is a renewable resource, right? But our culture and our society and the way we're working now, we are not renewing energy. We're expending more energy than ever. We're more likely to recharge our phones than recharge ourselves, right? Oh, that makes me so sad. Right? Yeah. Uh, And the impact that it's having is really, really, really significant. And so, you know, talking to people and saying, okay, think about the way that you're working. What happens outside of work if you continue this for the next year or five years or 10 years? Like think of all of the opportunities that you're missing out on in life. Opportunities and health risks. Mm -hmm. So cancer, diabetes. I've been listening to a podcast, the doctor, what is it? Doctor's pharmacy with Dr. Mark Hyman, just talking about when we suffer from anxiety, depression, uh, just energy drains in general, it becomes a huge stressor on your, your health, your physical health, and then you can't work as much. So it's this whole vicious cycle. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. So we typically, the way we're working now, our mentality and, and we're working longer, harder than we ever have before. Our culture is so, you know, we're 24 hours always connected. So there's this expectation that we always have to be, have to be going. And so we're, you know, starting our days with peak energy. And then for many of us, our mentality is I cannot stop until my work gets done. But most of us have jobs where the work 
never really gets done. Right? Oh my God, never. We're not plowing fields anymore. We don't <laughs> visual, the seeds have been planted. You know, we're no. always planting. We're always <laughs> Wow, I'm tired just thinking about it. That is something that at, at my job, it's an office and the College of Vet Med, and that's what everyone says is it never stops. Yeah. Yeah. The emails keep coming. The calls keep coming in. We keep admitting students. So when, when do we recharge our batteries and renew our energy? Yeah. And I think we all have that. Um, I know I've tricked myself into this all the time, probably like this morning, (laughs) like, oh, when I just get done with X, Y, Z, then things are going to slow down or things are going to be less crazy. And I'll have that like breather but they never slow down or get less crazy. They just get a different kind of crazy. What do you think about when we're talking about managing energy and expectations? Do we think it's wise to manage that expectation that it won't slow down? So what can we do to help ourselves in that moment? Because if I do that too, where I trick myself, if I get through this cycle, things will get better or things will get slower and they don't. So it'd be better to manage that expectation. For sure. Yeah, I think we do have to manage that expectation because we're setting ourselves up for failure. And I think managing that expectation involves, okay, I need to recognize that this moment is the only moment that I have to take care of myself, right? It's not something that can be done in the past or in the future. It's this moment now. Um, And I think when we recognize sort of the... um, that our lives happen in this moment, it sort of empowers us to make different choices or to be more thoughtful with the choices that we make. So instead of, am I gonna continue focusing on this project and my brain is drifting to the millions of different things or would it really better serve me to take a break here? Oh, yes, let's talk about taking breaks. Okay, so I wanna present this the way that we're working is sort of this partially focused marathon. So we are constantly and consistently depleting our energy levels with the way that we're currently working. So we know there's all kinds of studies that suggest from sleep studies um, to studies of the highest performers in their fields. Um, They all tend to practice for 90 to 120 minutes at our time. Our brains and bodies can really only focus for that chunk of time. And we've all probably naturally felt this as we're working on a project, super intense, time flies by. We start to notice after a while, our mind drifting to something else, right? Or like, oh, let me see what's going on in my personal email. That is our brains and bodies saying, like, I need a break. (laughs) Yeah, I need a break. So instead of this partially focused marathon to manage our energy, we can restructure our workday to a series of highly focused sprints. So this is what we call working in waves. So 90 to 120 minutes, highly focused sprint period for rest and renewal. So really the harder we're working, the more we should be recovering, right? Recovery is so, so important. So when we get to that point to take a break, not just, okay, time to take a break. It's what do I need to renew? What do I need to refresh? What have I, what, you know, dimension of my energy have I used a lot of? So if I have been, if I'm in a customer facing role and have been doing a lot of social interaction, maybe I need to rest that a little, maybe I need time to just be by myself. And on the flip side, if I have been by myself working intensely on a project, maybe I am craving that social interaction, especially if I, if I feed off that energy of others. Sometimes it's as simple as a bio break. I know 
for our nurses working on the floor, they neglect their physical wellness so often to take care of patients, right? They don't go to the bathroom. They, they don't drink water. They don't eat appropriately throughout shifts because there's no time, but it's about making that time, right? And so asking ourselves, what do I need in this moment? What area do I need to renew and refresh in? And then choosing something that's actually going to help you feel better than before that break. I think the first time you taught working in waves, I think I, I think it was back in 2016 and it changed how I work. I firmly believe in working in waves. So some of my best breaks are definitely taking a five to 15 minute walk outside around my office, definitely engage in the bio breaks, but I also pair them with something else. So if I have my smoothie cup and I need to rinse that out, I'll do two things at once. So I also feel productive. I get that clutter out of my office. I really like to do some breaks doing wall sits or I'll do some arm raises. So I'll get a little mini workout in there. Um, and then for sure, just like having a second to chat with, with some friends in the office, but working in waves is one of my favorite things about work. Oh, I love it. So, so, so important. And when you think about it too, just from a practical standpoint, when we're sitting all day, our bud is flowing like it could be right. Yes. Getting up and moving around, especially if we can get out in the sun and get some sunshine, gets the blood pumping again. So I find so often for myself, I'm working intensely on this project, kind of hitting a wall with it. I go out for a walk, still ruminating on it sort of in the back of my head. And I have that like aha moment. Yeah. I've been pushing against comes to me. Right. And I really attribute that to the blood flowing back up to my brain, like taking that step back to see things in a different perspective. So I think although taking time away from work feels like, how could I be more productive when doing that? It changes everything. It totally changes everything. And, and I also do with my breaks is if I take a break and I have been sitting, then I'll raise my standing desk for my next Mm -hmm. round of work. So I make sure that I fluctuate between sitting and standing. If you don't have a standing desk, my sister bought a couple of like little crates from Hobby Lobby or Michaels and just throws her computer up on there to get up. So you don't Mm -hmm. have to buy something super expensive. You can make something in your office. For sure. Mm. Okay. So working in waves. When are we going to talk about the Pomodoro method? We can do it right now. (laughs) Oh my God, Morgan, tell them what it is. Okay. So the Pomodoro method is basically a a time and energy management strategy. Um, It is based off old like tomato timer. Um, So it, most Pomodoro methods uh, run for 25 minutes at a time. And so it's essentially that working in waves component, um, just chunked down a little bit more. So work intensely for 25 minutes, take a break for five back to working intensely for 25 minutes. You do four cycles of that. After four, you get a longer break period. So I know I personally use just a website for a tomato timer. I put it on loop. And for me, with big projects that could easily be procrastinated (laughs) because they feel they loom so large, right? It's like, where do I start? It just feels so overwhelming thinking about getting this done. When I think of I only have to work on this for 25 minutes. It feels so much more doable. So much more doable. I use it specifically for three projects that happen consistently. Mm -hmm. I use it for editing podcasts. 
because it'll take, you know, a good hour to edit a podcast and listening to my voice and the guest's voice can become a little daunting. So knowing I only have to do this for 25 minutes and then I take a break, it makes it go by so much quicker. I edit better. I feel better after I don't feel drained. I also do it uh, when we have our application cycle for the vet school. So processing applications. I love getting them done quickly, but also staring at the computer for that long is not okay. So Mm -hmm. I like putting it on for that. It makes it go by so much faster. And then I also do it for when I have to read a research paper and then summarize it. Mm -hmm. Getting that involved in the science and the thick of a paper becomes too much. And I end up, like you said, drifting away. And so Mm -hmm. to come back, I just know 25 minutes and then take my break. And that Mm -hmm. Pomodoro method has changed (laughs) how I work. I love it so much. It is definitely a game changer. So I I for sure recommend people um, checking it out if that sounds something that they might be interested in. Okay, so we've talked about, and again, I wanna kind of bring us back to this bigger idea of practical wellness. We're talking about energy management because if we are not managing our energy throughout the day, by the time we get off work, we no longer have the energy to devote to the things that matter most, whether that be self-care, spending time with our family or loved ones, working on a hobby, right? The things that fill us up, the things that make us feel like us, we're setting ourselves up for failure if we are not managing our energy. Can we talk, yeah, well, I want to speak to the, like, moms out there. Like, the, yeah. I feel like a lot of my friends who have kids consistently say, I don't have enough time. And so we're talking about time management, but also managing our energy. And it's incredibly exhausting to raise kiddos. And I would challenge moms when they can take a step back and look at their schedule and see what they're spending their time on. Can they pair that with something else? So if we're doing laundry, can we pair that with listening to a podcast? Because that could renew our energy and Uh it's something we enjoy. Or if we are feeding the kiddos, you know, can we also like throw the load of laundry in right before that so we can get more things done? Um, maybe when we're on our walk with the stroller, maybe we put our AirPods in or our headphones and call a friend or a loved one to keep mm-hmm. that connection going. So I would challenge moms that when we're saying I don't have, and dads don't want to leave the dads out. So anyone with kids or anyone who's saying I don't have time to have more energy to do the things I love. I would encourage you to try to pair some things up so that you give yourself more energy and the things that you don't like doing or have to do. And then also it will make more time to do the things you want to do. So I really believe there's no such thing as not enough time. It's I haven't reevaluated and made the time for the things that I love. Yeah. So I think there's so many things to dissect in this. Versus, you know, we feel out of alignment when we feel like we don't have the time or energy for the things that we love and, and start starting to fix that involves taking a step back to say, well, what are the things that I love? What are the things that matter most to me? Right. And I think a lot of us don't take the time to step back and do that. Um, And without doing that, we're always going to feel that out of alignment. Right. But pinpointing I don't feel like myself because I haven't had time to do X, right? Right. I think that allows us to move forward in a positive direction and say, I need to build time for X in my life, right? 
And our X's are values. Values, it could be family, friends, hobby, you know, if dancing makes you feel like yourself, right? Or if learning new things makes you feel full, right? Um, spending time with animals, spending time in nature, um, having, you know, unscheduled time to do with as you please. Um, so I think knowing what matters most is so, so, so important to helping us find that sort of alignment and making us feel like ourselves, um, which really changes everything. Because when you feel out of alignment, do you have the motivation or energy to engage in healthy behaviors that help you take care of yourself? Uh, if you are, you're not enjoying it and you're going <laughs> to, you're not going to keep it up. So no, I would say no. Right. And then the other thing that I wanted to talk about when you're talking about folks who, who feel like they don't have any time, you know, I would encourage everybody to start thinking about, okay, well, how can I make the most of the time that I do have? And so you were talking about sort of habit stacking and what can you do at the same time? But also, you know, it could be about those mini moments of happiness or connection. So it doesn't mean I don't have time because I don't have an hour to sit in my tub and read, right? Um, could you find, you know, five minutes to read 10 pages of your book in quiet and solitude and take in that time as like, this is time for myself, right? So I feel like when we use mindfulness to make each moment count, they count more, mm. right? And so one of the people that I know we both love, Gretchen Rubin, she talks about just naming things, right? So, um, you know, spending, maybe it's you're driving, you're in traffic, you just picked your kid up, you can be annoyed about being in traffic, or you could say, oh, this is my time to connect. Ugh, yes. Traffic, right? Now, because I've said this is my time to connect, I'm going to, well, how was your day? Tell me what happened. Like, how was lunch? How was recess? Right. And so intentionally saying like, this is my time to connect now means that that 15 or let's be real 30 minutes sitting in traffic has been not 30 minutes wasted sitting in traffic, but 30 minutes that I get to connect with my loved one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So reframing that moment. And one of the sayings I've learned from you that I love if you can't get out of it, get into it. So if you can't get out of traffic, how can we get into it? And that helps our energy because now we've gone from, oh my gosh, I feel so crappy that I'm sitting in traffic to, oh my goodness, I had this time with my kiddo that I might not have had if this traffic wasn't there. So that's mm -hmm. making making better use of our time. It's It could be a way of looking at managing our time, but also managing our energy, managing our expectations. I think that's a maturity thing too, Morgan, to go from uh, complaining, I hate traffic, which I really do. That's one of my biggest issues. <laughs> but to reframe it and say, I don't have to be miserable in this moment. What are the good things I can look at? Yeah, for sure, right? There are so many things in our lives that we can't control um, that we can let stress us out. Or we can say, actually, I'm going to choose different. I'm going to choose to see this in a different way, right? So the traffic isn't 30 minutes of wasted time, but a 30-minute opportunity to listen to my podcast if I'm a learner and, and, you know, learning new things is something important to me. It could be 30 minutes to call one of my best friends to chat with you and see how you're doing, right? Social connection. Um, to connect with my kiddo in the back seat, right? It could honestly be for our busy folks out there who feel like 
you are constantly going and constantly on the move, time and traffic is a blessing, (laughs) right? Time and traffic for our parents who are at home, who are always giving their time to someone else at work, always giving their time to someone else. Time and traffic is time to yourself, right? No one's asking anything of you in traffic, except maybe to let you, you know, get over (laughs) murder. But this is your you time, right? So is it ideal to be sitting in your car stuck in traffic? Probably not. But when you reframe it as like, peace and quiet. Wow, what a gift. Yeah, and I would also challenge folks who maybe run on a frequency that's a little more pessimistic, that this might be a challenge in the beginning to reframe it. It might feel a little bit uncomfortable, but finding what works for you in that moment is what's most important. And if you're a person who's like, I really can't with the traffic, I can't. Well, then what adjustments can you make? Can Uh you move closer to work? Can you get a different job? Like, I mean, if it's that big of a deal, you know, choose the bigger life and see if you can make a big change uh, in that situation. Otherwise, you know, traffic's going to be tough and you'll just have to get through it. And you could take that attitude of this is something I have to do, or this is something I get to do. Yeah. Okay. So you talked about, again, this concept that we've touched on a couple of times about, okay, if this really is a big thing for you, right. Taking a step back to assess, like, what are, where are my stresses coming from? Or what are my energy sucks? Or really taking the time to like know yourself a little bit better. I feel like is a huge part of practical wellness. So we touched on this at the beginning, you know, we're all seeing these different ways to practice wellness on social media. We've got, you know, our athletes who we see them working out all day, every day. That's their job. Um, We've got folks who have time to meal prep. We've got folks who are in the spirituality realm or are yoga practitioners, right? So I think we feel all of these pressures, like this is what wellness is, but wellness is so unique to each individual, right? Wellness for you could be uh, time with your girlfriends on Friday to make food and drink wine and connect, right? That could be your wellness activity. So I think we've talked about this really taking a step back to figure out what it is that fits for you. And then how do you fit that in your life, in your specific situation? Yeah. Part of that, I know we have done this several times before is just kind of broadening our understanding of what wellness is. Yes. I think specifically with the word meditation is huge. And for me, meditation does not work. I don't want to do it. And I used to think something is wrong with me if I don't meditate because everybody, and I use that word so loosely, everybody meditates and that will help me feel better. And if it doesn't work for me, I don't have to do it. And now I've changed my definition of what meditation is. So it's just reflecting on the moment that I'm in right now. Maybe it's a guided meditation, but I'm not going to sit for 30 minutes and blank my mind out. That doesn't work for me. So I agree that expanding the definition of wellness, making it individualized for each person. Yeah. If one person's wellness is, you know, putting back a couple glasses of wine, God bless them, go do it. Don't let anybody judge what your wellness routine is. So I think, you know, the wellness is really like what makes you feel like your best version? What makes you feel full and satisfied? 
Um, and that's going to change as we go through different seasons of life. Ugh, yes. I'm glad you said that because what worked for somebody 10 years ago, five years ago, yesterday might not work today. Yeah. yeah. That's huge. That's huge to just accept that. Be forgiving and be graceful with yourself to be open to each day and what, what fits, what fits best as like, I mean, in yoga, they say that all the time, your body is, can be different every single day. Your flexibility can be different and not having those expectations. I should be doing this because I once did mm-hmm. is, is not going to work. Mm-hmm. Just sets you up to feel worse. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, sort of, you know, we obviously all want to feel our best. And there are seasons of life that are going to be really difficult, right? So sometimes feeling our best in that season could literally be, I got food on the table tonight. Correct. Yes. Or I slowed down for five minutes to sit outside and listen to the rain on the roof, like a success. (laughs) Right. I agree. 100% agree that the seasons of life thing is huge. You don't know what's coming at any given moment. COVID is a great example of that. And so setting up the energy and the time management now, you know, or wherever you're at, when things are calm, you can try to incorporate those habits into those stressful seasons of life. But then you also have to be willing to adapt that what you like, even I think of the vet students, how they studied in undergrad is not how they're going to study in vet school. So they need to be willing to change some habits up and know that what once worked might not mm-hmm. work again. And that self-reflection comes back once again. Um, that's such an important part of that. Like, okay, where am I at now? What's working? What's not working? What what fills my cup? What doesn't? Yeah. You know? Growing up, my mother consistently would say doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result is the definition of insanity. Mm -hmm. So if we're sitting back and saying, oh my gosh, I'm so tired all the time, but we're not making any changes. That is insane. We have to step back and reflect and say, okay, well, why am I tired? Is it because I'm on my phone right before I go to sleep? Is it because I'm not getting exercise during the day to feel rested at night to get that better sleep? Is it because I am emotionally exhausted because I'm stuck in a situation I don't want to be in? So Mm -hmm. yeah, I really think it's, that self-reflection piece is huge. For sure. Okay. So we've talked about managing our energy so that we have energy to devote to the things that matter most, whether that be taking care of ourselves, engaging in hobbies, spending time with family or friends. Um, We've talked about sort of self-reflection and knowing what matters most to us. So you know, taking the time to figure out what is most important to me and then how do I allot time to do those things? Um, We have talked about sort of redefining what wellness is for us, right? So, you know, maybe we dive into this a little bit deeper, but in in my world and I think a lot of models, you know, um, cover more than just our physical wellness, which is what we tend to think about when we think wellness. We think exercise, nutrition, sleep, right? Which are all so, so, so important. Um, but I think Montrospective does a really nice job of bringing awareness to it's not just that, right? So um, it's social wellness. Do we feel like we have social support or meaningful connections 
um, environmental wellness? Are we connecting to the world around us? Do we feel part of something bigger or spiritual wellness? Are we connecting to the things that matter most or financial wellness, which can be a huge source of stress for so many people? Do we have a plan financially for long-term and short-term expenses? Occupational wellness, we've talked about this. Do we feel fulfilled at work? Are we managing our energy at work? Do we have opportunities for growth at work? Our physical, which we know, um, the exercise, the meditation, um, nutrition, sleep, the emotional wellness, right? Mental wellness. Um, do we feel we are able to express our emotions? Um, do we feel fulfilled? Uh, our intellectual wellness, which is one that I think has become so, so important for me as I've grown up and really had the awareness of like, oh, that's a thing. Like I can get so much deep fulfillment from learning new things. You know, that's sort of that coming back to that naming, like, oh, that's why I really like to read, you know? Um, so do you feel like you have the opportunities to pursue challenges or new opportunities or learn new things? So I think it's looking at each of those eight dimensions, right? And saying, okay, first saying like, oh, it's not just about exercise or meal prepping or, you know, eating healthy all the time. Like that's not just what wellness is. I need to fulfill in all of these areas or can be doing really great in some of these areas and sort of struggling in others and that's okay. But I think part of that is just expanding that definition and celebrating successes where they lay and then figuring out, okay, I, I think I do need to work on this area a little bit more and how can I do that, right? Um, and so the how can I do that comes back to finding the fit that works best for you. Um, so it's not about what wellness is to anyone else or how they fulfill their own wellness. It's what makes me feel good and how do I do that? What fits in my life? I think something that might help folks feel better about the folks like me who often compare themselves to others and try to do be like them, there is a benefit to that in that looking at what someone else does and then trying it out for size for myself. So comparing is actually super normal. Uh, started way back when we were all living in caves and to like survive, we looked at what the person to our left and right were doing. And if they were doing well, we would adapt our habits to what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So there is a benefit to listening to podcasts, to listening to our friends and what they do, reading books like Gretchen Rubin, um, a lot of her habit forming books, and then trying them out and be willing to say, yes, this works for me or no, it doesn't. So and that's okay. A hundred percent okay if it doesn't work. That's okay. Yeah. 100% okay if it doesn't work. Yeah. So I know for me, I really, really wanted to be the person who worked out in the morning. As you know, I always wanted to get up and work out and get it done. And it works great on the weekend when I can get up at 9am and then work out, but I can't do it when I have to go to work at 730. Can't do it. And I had to accept that. And I struggled with that for a long time because I felt like if I could get up and work out, I would get more water in in the morning. I would feel more energy. I would feel great when I got home because I wouldn't have to do anything else. And it didn't work for me. And I had to accept I am not a morning workout person. And now I've readjusted and I'm so much happier and have so much more energy and look forward to working out when I get home because I've accepted who I am in that habit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think you alluded to being curious right? Exploring, seeing what other people are doing, trying it on for size. If it fits, fantastic. Do it regularly. If it doesn't fit, let it go. You're not less of a person because it didn't work for you. Nobody cares what 
anyone else is doing. Nobody cares. So like when you and I tried CrossFit one time, I'm like, I want to be this CrossFit babe and have great muscles and begin to it. It was not for me. And, but I struggled because I said, you know, why can't I do it? Morgan does it. Well, I'm not Morgan and it's okay. So yeah, getting to that point, I think that happens for most folks in their late twenties and thirties where they're like, I don't care that I'm not this other person. I want to be myself. They're starting to like themselves more. They're starting to appreciate that life is just easier when we do what's Mm -hmm. best for us. So yeah, the being okay with not being somebody else is huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the huge contributor to not just our health, but our happiness too. And I think those two things, health and happiness go hand in hand when we talk about wellness. And so, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes. Okay. Do we feel like practical wellness? Have we tackled it? Have we provided some solutions? I think things. Morgan, I think the biggest solution that we've provided is go do some self-reflection, get curious, get fascinated to learn what works best for you, because we could provide tips all day long that work for Alex and Morgan, but you know, Heather might go out and try Pomodoro method and hate it. And that would be Fine. So I think the best gift you give to others when you're talking to them is what works best for you. Yeah. And until it's people, practical it's practical for your life. The, literally what's, what's practical for your life. If you're a mom with eight kids, it's not super practical that you're going to be able to sit in the bathtub for an hour and read. Like right. that's probably not happening. Yeah. Unless like five of your kids are also in the bathtub. <laughs> turned into that time. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, getting, like you said, practical wellness, I think the definition would be what works best for each person. Yeah. And then go out and explore some, some strategies. I mean, Google is our best friend. So if you can't find time to do something, looking up time management strategies and testing them out, mm-hmm. how long do you think one has to test a strategy out before they're like, this is working for me? I think it definitely depends on the strategy and what you're trying to do. I think for some things, it might be an immediate, not for me. Yeah. (laughs) Not for me. Yeah. I think like, actually, if I open my mind a little, maybe this did help me. And I do want to try. I didn't love it, but I do want to try it again. Okay. I really experienced that this pandemic. So Uh Uh, there is a gal, Miranda Esmond White. She does classical stretches on PBS. My family has done her exercises for 20 years. And for 20 years, they have been telling me, you need to get on board with this. And I couldn't. I thought it was boring. I was much more excited about HIIT workouts. I was much more excited about, you know, high cardio, like heavy weights, all this other stuff. And then this pandemic my godmother's like, I think you should try Miranda again. And for some reason I had like a spiritual come to Jesus shift in my heart where I'm like, I think you're right. And now I do it every single day have been the most consistent I've ever been in my whole life for four months because it was the right time. Mm -hmm. So what we could say about that is if it didn't work one time, you can revisit that later. It just might not be the right season of your life to do that thing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. 
Well, interesting. I didn't know this little tidbit. I don't know. I think I knew that this was happening for you, but I didn't know her name was Miranda and she was a PBS legend. Her name is Miranda. She is a legend. She travels all over the world doing these Tai Chi classic ballerina. Like Morgan, do you see this? Like there's some definition on my arms right now. I'm not doing anything except 22 minutes of light stretches a day. And it is the, it's something I can do for the rest of my life versus hit where eventually, I mean, I know there's some 60 year olds who do hit and God bless them, but I don't think that was going to work for me. Yeah. So it was the right time to say yes. And to choose the bigger life that was Miranda stretching for me. Yeah. Uh, So great example of, right. Being curious, exploring something didn't fit for you originally and you didn't hold on to it. You said, that's not for me. You had that open mind to try it again. Many years later happened to be a great fit for you now. Right. Correct. Yes. Great fit for you in 10 years. Who knows? Not sure. Need to reevaluate. Right. 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 Okay. Al, is there anything else you want to say about practical wellness? I think practical wellness is practical magic. And when you put it into practice, you're going to feel better. You're going to be spellbound with how much better you feel about yourself, your energy, your time, and feeling healthy and happy. I think that's it. What do you think? Did we miss anything? What else do they need to hear from you? I don't think so. I mean, really taking that time for reflection on what matters most to me. How can I prioritize those things? Taking care of your energy and your time. Those are precious resources. Um, And then redefining wellness, figuring out what does wellness mean to me? How can I work on it practically? How can I fit this into my life? Appreciating the season of life that you may be in. Um, Yeah, that's that's practical. Well, I want to thank everyone today for joining us. Alex, As always, it's a pleasure talking to you about wellness. Um, We're so thankful that Heather offered to have us on board today with Montrospective. Um, We hope you enjoyed this chat on practical wellness. We hope you'll leave inspired and curious to explore what works for you and what fits in your life. We hope you'll think about um, managing your energy and your time. Um, so you have the energy to take care of yourself and to devote to the things that matter most. Um, so my name is Morgan Rogers. You can find me on Instagram at Morgan does wellness. And I am here with Alex Avellino, one of my good friends and fellow wellness advocates. So thank you all today, um, for listening and we hope to chat with you soon. Remember, your thoughts become your reality. You have all you need to begin to make your dreams come true. Dream it, believe it, manifest it. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you again soon.